Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey all you car fiends and gearheads, welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield here with our engineer and co-host Sir Mark Groves. Yo! And the evil genius of Craving Cars on YouTube, Mr. Corey Pratt. Yes. And my poor friend <laughs> Kenny. That uh, came here for vacation, and then I drug him into the studio. Uh, Kitty is a McPherson <laughs> College grad. He went through the restoration program. I've only tried to kill him about three times, and uh, he's it very every time. He's very happy to be here. <laughs> How's it going, eh? <laughs> North Dakota's yeah. public oh, schools. Yeah. Yeah. North, <laughs> North Dakota public schools. There uh, for go. sure, there's a cow yeah, up sure. there somewhere. Oh, living a mile to, south of the Happatown. There you go. <laughs> Damn, that Fantastic. was accurate. That was so good. <laughs> I'm a bit tingly. Oh, my goodness. I'm not even going to attempt that because I will butcher the heck out of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios at Driven Media World Headquarters mm-hmm. in beautiful, sultry. Yeah. That's the setting for London Broil outside. Overland Park, Kansas. <laughs> it's steamy out. You know, it is a bit thick. It's yeah. a little thick. No kidding. Your car goes five mile an hour slower in this kind of weather. <laughs> you can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And you can listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell all your gearhead friends. If there is something you would like to hear more of or someone you think we should interview... Or maybe you've got a great story we should hear. Tell us. Send me your emails. Send them to Brett at DrivenRadioShow.com. All right, guys. It was steamery this weekend. A little bit. Uh, but it was also, well, the weather was decent on Saturday. It was well worth getting out. What did we all do? So Saturday morning, I'm thinking, okay, my nephew inherited my Nissan. Okay. Did he inherit um, it or did he buy it? He bought it. Okay, well, that's kind of it. That's inheriting with a price tag. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's like <laughs> inherit reverse, the windfall. Inherit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, but he's finally doing a couple little things with it and stuff that I kind of want to do. He he got a new set of some coilovers. Okay, some some actual decent ones that he spent some uh, good money on. He uh, he called me up, said I got. Them. I was like, well, why don't you come over? I'll help you put them on. <laughs> okay, and so he did that. I said, make it early. It's going to be warm. Already eight thirty in the morning. I was sweating my butt off because of the humidity. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just like, well, this sh- is, did not work well. And he showed up at four when it felt like a stir fry. <laughs> no, was, anyways, we got them all on there. They got all done and got it uh, got aligned a couple of days ago. And then uh, the next day, I went to the great car show. So, which you, nice. you know of that one? Yes. How was it? It was How great was it this year. Ah. Uh. <laughs> 
Wow, really? The Great Car Show was great. It was. Well, yeah, it, was. <laughs> it was properly named. Yeah, it was uh, well monikered. Yeah, <laughs> well, it wasn't the OK Car Show. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it was a really good show. Up, it was though. the I mean, pretty darn really good, good stuff. Pretty darn good car show. Oh, pretty oh, good. for sure. <laughs> I think it was better the last couple <laughs> years. <laughs> But we didn't have rain like the last couple of years. If so. you encourage him, he's going to keep doing it. <laughs> I got to yeah. record yeah. that. I want that yeah. as a rain tell. Yeah, don't you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Oh, yeah. Oof, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You practice in front of a mirror? Oh, no, I, I kind of live around it all the time, you know. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, it's just kind of normal. Now, now he's here. trying a little too hard because he knows you'll like it. Top car. Well, Favorite car from the show. I don't. Pet was there with a stolen Porsche. One. Yeah, that was a nice car too. White body, eighty one, I think, wasn't it? 911? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have one. You stumped him. We'll come back to you. Yeah, well, I yeah mean, really, we'll circle I mean, back. I wasn't there. I actually only got a, about an hour and a half of the show. Uh, did uh, shoot some videos, so hopefully we'll have a little bit, kind of a promo for them. Would that be on Craving Cars on YouTube? Yeah, it would be. I think it's going to. If I can, YouTube. Okay. If I can stop doing uh, projects around the house and get some editing cars on YouTube, where can we find that, Corey? Uh, Craving Cars on YouTube. There you go. All for sure. All oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have oh, yeah. a good oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> my, my mother likes that You can one. watch that while <laughs> eating sure, Shepherd's eh? Farm. <laughs> <laughs> my ma. Yeah. I, uh, I tooled around on the motorcycle, I, uh, and you saw on Facebook, I went on a little cruise. Found a park that I'd never been to. I've lived here 20 freaking years. I've and lived never here went longer to, than that. I've never seen that damn park. I haven't been that far out on 135th Street, because here in Kansas City, all the streets have numbers. You can get to, like, 400th Street yeah. if you head south far enough. Yep. Uh, but this one, 135th, <laughs> headed west, and there's some little ro- kind of rolling yeah. hills back in there, which is weird for Kansas. And then... Um, <laughs> I, there was a sign saying, hey, Kill Creek Park. And I'm like, Kill Creek? Oh, this I got to see. I'm sure there's going to be some type of, you know, little sign saying, during the Civil War, we shot the hell out of each other right here. But no, it was a, a family farm that they had donated 300 some odd acres and then sold oh, cool. another 200 acres. Has a four-story uh, observatory tower that you can walk up or there's an elevator in it. You can ride up. Neat. And it's all that whole observatory thing is open air. So you just go up and look around. It and was you don't do well beautiful. with heights. I'm not great. <laughs> but, uh, but you went up it, though? Yeah, and I walked up the stairs even. I didn't even take the elevator so I could hide oh, wow. from it. Yeah. And the stairs are great, so you can look right down and, and see yourself peeing down your leg. Yeah. But, um, he white-knuckled it all the way up. You are <laughs> damn right I did. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You're so you're such a, such a grown man now. But oh, I did God. that. and then, I'm uh, so excited. Today, I, I, when I, I had to go into work to record a client. And uh, I actually got out on I-35 on my little motorcycle. How is that highway riding? You know, uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But it's bad enough. Well, luckily, I-35 now, considering, you know, the pandemic is still kind of coming up and down and up and down. And uh, there's just not as much traffic as, you know, three years ago. Yeah. Because it was usually packed any time. And I took a 69 North, zipped along that, and then I got onto 35 going, okay, let's see if I'm going to risk my life today. No, man, I got up to 75. Me, grandpa motorcycle driver guy. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to back this off a little uh-huh. bit. If I'm going to smear, I want them to find something worth no, saving. They, they will. That's why you got that helmet. They'll find oh, your Oh, that's noggin. right. <laughs> they'll find, they'll they'll find, find my noggin. big fat egg. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. They'll find your noggin attached to a withered away body. All the weight loss you've ever wanted to do, you will have achieved in about 12 seconds. I lost 80 pounds in two seconds. Look at me. And for all you kitties out there who haven't looked looked it up yet 
If you want to know why you wear boots and gloves when you ride motorcycles, oh yeah. go on Google <laughs> and type in degloving. It is exactly what it sounds it's like. It's just what you it think. Ex- it's exactly what you'd think it'd be. it would be, except ten times worse when you finally see the pictures. Mm. But with my uh, new summer uh, jacket that I've got, it's got the armor and it's mesh, and it was, it was just wonderful. Uh, ride home is cool. great. I'm glad Super I cool. started you off nice. with what nice, little nice, I nice. did. It will turn you into a gear geek in time. <laughs> yeah. Also glad you found Revzilla. That's going to poison your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. No, I know. How about, how about you? Did you break uh, out the toys? I broke out the red Corvette because it's the only thing that runs. Oh, no! Oh, is Vlad still in the garage? Uh, Vlad has been out to a shop and come back home because they couldn't get the job done and it's going to a different shop on Friday. The 65 is still at Daryl's and he's still trying to use that German tool to get the wheels off. He still hasn't got the wheel off. No, 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 no. and he's tried. Oh, (laughs) sure. We're we're down to thinking that maybe the previous owner, rather than coating the threads on the spindle with anti-seize before he put the wheels on, we're thinking maybe now it was red Loctite. Oh, my God. Not kidding. Not kidding. Oh, my God. That means you only got to get that spindle up to about 500 degrees before the Loctite will let go. Oh, oh, you got to break out the fire wrench. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, crud. Mm-hmm. Even the Germans mm-hmm. can't. Oh. You sure they didn't use I, cement? Uh, that's what I'm talking about, red Loctite. And, uh, you know, if if things don't work out, well, I like short cap rallies, too. I like short cap rallies, and I, I cannot, cannot lie. lie. That's right, by God. Well, how about you, Tiger? Is there something uh, that you got to do? Was the drive down all right, or did you fly? That drive was okay. I think Saturday I was in Mitchell. We did the Corn Palace and you know, took the family there. Who wouldn't? Yeah, it's pretty corny. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, the corn yeah. corn palace. I've actually looked that up because it is a, it's yeah, a surprisingly you know, we, interesting place for being you know, all about corn. We have yeah. a rule on this show that if you use too many puns, we will beat you to death with a guitar <laughs> later. As long as I get to take the guitar home. So. Mm-hmm. There you oh, go. You know. <laughs> It'll be wrapped around no, your neck. You, yeah. don't, you don't have a choice. He brought me a surprise. <laughs> what was that? If Ooh, you what? can hold for just a moment. Oh, yeah, consider me held. Through the magic of radio, we're going to pause this now and not make you have to listen to him walking. Here we go. If you will remember, I recently threatened to buy Fender guitars that would match some of my cars. Uh huh. And that idea was based on this guitar that was at one time mine and then was his and now is mine again. Oh my gosh. It's a, a Fender SoCal special. Uh, it is red and white. It matches my Corvette, and it will be shown with said Corvette. Mm. And you I know, would t- I would tell you what I'm trading him back for the guitar, but it involves children and yeah. inheritance and crap yeah. and FBI stuff. So <laughs> we'll chat later. You know that's got just a little bit of uh, Van Halen's Diver Down on it. A little, a little. That's a cool looking uh, guitar. Yeah, that really is it's gorgeous. Uh, the thing with it is, it's kind of a collector guitar, so you don't play it very much. You don't want to foul up the oh the frets and the frets of the neck or anything but really really pretty and i have to thank you for bringing this back to me absolutely i will take good care of it until i die in which case you can have it back yep now i have to go find one of those uh i have to find a fender strat and lake placid blue because it's really really close to oh, nassau blue. yeah for the other yeah, nice. yeah yeah well no need for it but i wanted it anyway 
to get some new kind of bumper sticker that's, or license plate assistant. That sounds bag. like a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> I need to find a fender in rust bubble red, and I'll put it with my truck. Because <laughs> uh, the fenders are rusted <laughs> and red. If we find you a fender, you're just going to play it. So. Yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> it, it matches the other 14 guitars laying around your house. <laughs> yeah, all in their various states of repair and or discs. Well, you know, I'll loan you that one, but you got to knock the dust off of it. They're playable-esque. <laughs> <laughs> like so many of the other things we own. <laughs> All righty. This week in the news, James Bond's got a brand new ride. You can get a Ferrari F40 in a different hue. And Chevrolet teases us with sounds of the new Z06. Oh, the sounds of the new Z06. Oh, my good Lord. You, that thing you, sounds so good. You, you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just give us a taste. Give us a little taste. You got it? And here we come. And... It's like this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to need a moment. (laughs) Our special guests this week are John Kramen, muscle car expert and consignment director for Mecham Auctions, and Mopar expert Jeff Stunkard. Who was on our sister show, Road Muscle Radio, yeah, last Jeff. year. So good cool. to have, good to have uh, both of the gentlemen back. John and Jeff will be here to discuss the upcoming Orlando sale, which is taking place in uh, a few days. That's going to start up just next oh, week. Uh, also, Mika Monterey. Oh, you should see the stuff from Mika Monterey. Uh, the collector car market, what we should be watching, what's hot, what's not, all that good stuff. And for Mr. Kenny's sake... They are selling a 14-car Corvair collection in Orlando. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, man. Kenny's a Corvair I fiend. He's wish. got – do you have three of them now? I have three. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, uh-huh. he's uh, he's unsafe at any speed. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Let's take a look at the news this week. All right, from Ars Technica, James Bond's new car is the Aston Martin Valhalla Plug-In Hybrid. This, which uh, the plug-in part surprises me, but the rest of it is kick-ass. Well, yeah, but when you add all those powers up. Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, the upcoming James Bond movie, No Time to Die, will be Daniel Craig's last Bond flick. Oh, I thought Mr. DC did a good job. I really <laughs> I like too. him. I did yeah. too. But it's going to introduce a new car to the Bond garage. The Boffins from Warwickshire have brought forth a mid-engine supercar with a V8 and two electric motors a carbon fiber chassis, more than 1,300 pounds of downforce, shove you on that pavement, and a total power output of 937 horsepower. I tell you, I'm feeling a little flat. (laughs) (laughs) You want to see my teeth? Here, second gear. Um, It's called the Valhalla. Now, not quite a DB5, but it should suffice. The Valhalla's outrageously styled shape has been influenced by the wind tunnel and fluid dynamics. Fluid dynamics was a part of that that got me. Yeah, it, well, looking at this thing, uh, you know, I'm staring at a picture, and I'm just like, my God. It's got a kind of a front end that looks like a bottom feeder. It looks like it just scoops it right up off the bottom, but that's where it keeps you, you know, uh, yeah, down. Bond has done away with the subtlety now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This so thing, don't blend it in here. Yeah. It's no. James Dubai Bond. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, its new powertrain combines an electric motor at each axle with a twin-turbo V8 and eight-speed dual-clutch transmission mounted behind the cockpit. The V8 uses a flat-plane crankshaft and revs up to 7,200 RPM, generating 737 horsepower. Total output, 937, 738 uh, foot-pound of torque. And then uh, Aston Martin hasn't revealed the exact pricing of the Valhalla, 
but we're kind of thinking it's going to cost at least $1.2 million. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, you know, by two. Typical. Yeah. yeah. Now, how is it that James Bond, all right, super spy, very cool, but let's face it, he's a civil servant. He ain't knocking down major bank. How's he afford that? Are you kidding? You do. I wonder yeah. what his side he's jobs are. Poker. It's not like he's going to Lowe's and being a greeter. Yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Hi, I, welcome to Lowe's. I'm going to kill you later. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, James. <laughs> With a staple gun. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. A sling one. It looks good. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, yeah, very cool vehicle, and oh, the, the uh, I'm pic- looking forward to it. The pictures of that are just stunning, and I really want to see it, and in that movie. So where the missile's going to come out of? Oh, everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. the oil slick, and the, uh, no, okay. I'm sure they've got that. And the laser. Work, but. <laughs> but you're going to have the ejector seat, man. Oh, yeah, it's got the ejector and, seat, And too. a dash plaque. <laughs> no, this, this one's so high-tech, it just evaporates the person sitting next to you, just spits them out the door. I think it could really blend in if you added Craigers to it. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Daniel Craigers. Oh, 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 man. Oh, my God. James Bond, you owe me. <laughs> I think yes. Brent just had a small stroke. Dude, who, no. had, who, had six, who had 16 and a half minutes for this going off the rails? <laughs> it's the first time I've ever seen you look like, oh, God, just kill me. <laughs> just, I just. At least I know I'm uh, off the ladder of getting punched. <laughs> you're, you're not. I may have started it, but it's I not set the point. a new low, but I believe in you. <laughs> Anyway, I, I got great. nothing. From Road and Track, the blue Ferrari F40 you see on Instagram every day. When I started writing this, because the story popped up a few days ago, it could have been yours. Now it could have been yours. The damn thing sold already. Officially, <laughs> all Ferrari F40s left the factory painted red. There were a handful that were believed to have been painted yellow and black, and another handful sent back to the factory by the Sultan of Brunei, of course he did, <laughs> to be repainted. It's especially difficult to find an F40 for sale that isn't red, but the most famous non-red F40 of all just sold in the UK. This F40 did leave the factory painted red. It was acquired by famous tuners Liberty Walk, converted to the Le Mans spec, and then painted white. Four years later, the car was acquired by the current seller who converted it back to the factory spec, but painted it Porsche's aqua blue metallic. If you haven't seen pictures of this thing, it is a retina searing blue. It is Mm. way bright. If you've seen a blue F40 pop up on Instagram or get driven by Shmi on YouTube, it's this car. It sounds just as fantastic thanks to the tubey straight piped exhaust system. The car was listed on the market, a UK-based online auction house run by Bonhams. We've talked about them before, mm-hmm. and it sold for just shy of $1.37 million. Lord. Not bad for a car that came out in the late 80s. It And it looks like a late one. 80s car, quite honestly. Well, it's, it is. It's got a, a big old, wish it had been a super bird wing. Yeah, I see that in the back. I'm like, that looks like a, a Corvette Ital- gone wrong. Yeah, it took the Italians a little while to get the message. Ah, <laughs> 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 hey, super bird, huh? Hey, you put a, put a thing on the back of it. What the hell? Yeah, we can eat lunch here. <laughs> D- Dubai wants it, Dubai gets it. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, Real. So, how expensive do you think, well, what's the most expensive f40 have you seen is that it i don't know i haven't we seen a couple that were around a couple million dollars or something like that i i don't know i I'd would have to say at least one i'd have to go back and research but, it's yeah. weird that's one of the few cars uh few ferraris that i've never reviewed uh oh, no. you know a uh, few yeah. modern ferraris mm-hmm. anyway ah 
I had alt. Well, no, that's a collection. A thirteen point two million dollar Ferrari F forty collection. Yeah, got abandoned by the royal family in Brunei. <laughs> they were all repainted, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the red. Just stick it out in the yard. <laughs> I want the blue. No red. Yeah, put it in the, in yeah, the driveway. Put it, there, put it in the yard. <laughs> Someone will come by and collect it, kind of like when you leave an old stove out. <laughs> <laughs> Would someone please come recycle the Ferraris? The, I'm so angry. Know, that was weird. We had a, a, a one of our office chairs went weird, and Rhonda put that thing out with the uh, with the trash the other day, and she came back into my office about two o'clock in the afternoon. And she said they still haven't emptied either the trash or the recycling, but that office chair's gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not to be a total idiot. Then uh, I just found an article on whatever jamesedition.com. I mean, I'm Googling as hard as fast as I can. Yeah. Okay. It says a 2017 LaFerrari Aperta. Oh, that's not an F40. Never mind. No, no. That's the most expensive Ferrari. That went for almost $5 million. Ooh, wow. That's yeah, really steep for one of those because I think those were, what, like one seven one eight from yeah, the they factory? Were, they were just a little over, yeah, a million. Just, uh, I think just, just over a million. Uh, 19, uh, right in the middle of their top 10 list of most expensive Ferraris ever. 1991 Ferrari F40 sold for uh, 1.8 mil. Okay. Um, okay. Almost 1.9. Okay. okay. So only about that's, that's, that's healthy. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Wow. Uh, most expensive, Let me guess it was a red one. <laughs> most expensive Ferrari at option ever. Uh, 1962 Ferrari 250 GTO LM sold at... RM auctions in 2018 for 44 before the juice. It was 48. Good Lord. I was about to say, I knew it was more million than $30. Million. Okay. Yeah. But the most expensive sale that I know of, Ferrari-wise, uh, David McClellan, the guy who owns WeatherTech, they make all the, uh, the oh, yeah, yeah. floor mats mm-hmm. and you know cargo covers and stuff like that. Yeah. In 2018 in May, I think, he gave seventy million for an all original, uncrashed original livery '62 Ferrari 250 GTO. Gee, Christmas! Because I wound up talking to Matt Farah about Man. it because I was so blown away, and then we got wow. into a conversation about seeing uh, different weird Ferraris. That's when uh, he said that he'd seen the the mint green Ferrari. I think it was a 250 GTO, and Matt and I are both colorblind. And, oh. and so <laughs> it was, right. it I, was I, Matt and I, I and Rhonda and Matt's crew in his studio out in L.A. And it was Matt and I versus everybody else in the room. <laughs> They're screaming, that's mint green. And he and I are both saying, that's khaki. That's khaki. Because <laughs> that makes for a great Ferrari. And, a khaki well color. Well played, man. Well played. Green. But uh, we, were, Definitely khaki. we were screaming, it's khaki, and we were wrong. Yeah, it happens. Barely. Uh, khaki, no, mint green, pretty close. It, when you're this level of colorblind, they really are. Well, from Road and Track, Chevy officially teases the Corvette's Z06 flat plane crank V8 with a new sound clip. This is your cue, Mr. Mark. Do you have it? I believe I do. We got it. Ah, 
it is a no, Corvette. I'm gonna, that is not a Ferrari yeah. or a race car. For I'm going to need some alone time. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Ooh. nippy. We've got some glass cutters coming. Okay. <laughs> Chevrolet published a video on its YouTube channel Monday showing off the exhaust sound for its upcoming 2023 Corvette Z06. The 24-second clip is the official soundbite of the car's naturally aspirated dual overhead cam flat plane crank V8. Pushing 617 <laughs> wonderful horsepower. Lord have mercy. The thing really does sound like a 458. You're going to want to have to go Sounds listen to this amazing. again on your own. Put some headphones on, big speakers, whatever it is. Turn up that volume. The link is on readthedriven.com. Read the Driven, go check that out. Um, it doesn't show actual footage of the Z06 really no, itself. No, and it doesn't need to. Uh, there's plenty of meat exhaust sounds, of course, as you just heard. Uh, the car is flying around the Circuit of America's road course in Austin, Texas, um, as well as the video in, what, some tree-lined back roads yeah, kind of thing? you don't yeah. see anything. You see road, you see trees, you see fast camera movement. You hear that noise, and then you need to uh, go take it. Yeah. Boy, I don't. I can't say I've ever heard this, a Corvette sound because there hasn't been. This is the official official. It's uh, boy. According to this video, Chevy plans to reveal the mid-engine Z06 this fall. In addition to the new engine, uh, expect the car to get revised aero package, bigger brakes, wider. Wide body treatment and uh, wider stickier tires and all week. that good stuff. So, uh, once again, Brett, like I said, my most anticipated car of the year is this one. Oh, absolutely. Nice. Uh, furthermore, like I said before the show, Chevy, you're killing me. I'm running out of crap to sell to get new <laughs> cute, cool crap. I, I don't... I, I'm going to have to... Uh, I could mortgage one of those kids. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Got to be worse. It something. works. <laughs> that thing does sound good. I can't wait. And uh, I don't want anybody to come out with aftermarket exhaust for that. It sounds so good just the way it is. Yeah, no kidding. Our special guests this week, John Craman, muscle car expert and consignment director for Meekum Auctions. He's also a repeat offender here. We have John here a lot, and that's because... He's always got good stuff to say. He's going to be along with Mopar expert Jeff Stunkard. We've had him on Road Muscle Radio, and they will be here to discuss the upcoming Mika Orlando sale, Mika Monterey, the collector car market, what we should be watching, what's hot, what's not. Oh, and Jeff has some very cool Mopar stuff to talk about that's coming up. All this and much more is here next on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Media World Headquarters in steamy Overland Park, Kansas. Our special guests this week are John Craman, the muscle car expert and consignment director for Mecham Auctions, and Mopar expert and author Jeff Stunkard, who we've had on our sister show, Road Muscle Radio. This is the first time we've had dueling repeat offenders on the show, uh, and we're glad to have you both back. Gentlemen, welcome back to Driven Radio. Good to be here. Same here, same here. Hello, everyone. So, you guys aren't busy at all right now. You don't have anything going on. 
let's get to what's coming up really quickly. Uh, Meekum's Summer Special at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando uh, just next week, July 28th through the 31st. John, I understand that this is really blowing up on you. How many cars do you have scheduled to cross the block, and uh, what's special? What should we be watching? Well, let me let me give you the total numbers here. I'll let you be in suspense for just a bit. Let me give you just a real quick rundown of the genesis of this auction. This is an auction that really shouldn't be taking place. We should be up in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in July. That's our uh, traditional auction time. But unfortunately, our venue up there is filled with uh, PPE. And this is the second year we've had to cancel. So we've decided to go to the Orlando area last year and then again this year. But this year, a bit different, is that we're at the uh, Orlando, the downtown Orlando Convention Center, meaning that Florida in July, we are fully air conditioned. Now, we set the auction up as a three-day <laughs> auction running July 20th through the 31st. That's a uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday with a 1,000-car target. Guys, we blew past that. We're going to end up with about 1,100 cars. We've added the extra day, the 28th, which is Wednesday. And this auction is absolutely on fire right now with tons of interest, which really puts fuel in that fire of saying that this collector car market, and this has been this way for a year, is absolutely white hot and unprecedented. We've got a guest here with us. Uh, Kenny Knutson. Part of the reason I have Kenny here today is because you've got a 14-car Corvair collection that's going across the block in Orlando. Kenny's a Corvair fiend. He's got three of them himself. Uh, is there any possibility you could run through those real quick? Uh, absolutely. You know, Corvairs, they are just so cool. They have been undervalued and yes. unappreciated in the collector car Thank world <laughs> since the 1960s. Two generations, uh, 1960 to 64, and then the second generation car, 65 through 69. Lots of controversy from Ralph Nader's book in 1965, Unsafe at Any Speed. Most of the allegations were proven to be not true, but it sort of cast a pall on the car that was really intended to compete with the imports that were getting popular. It's a lightweight car, unibody, rear-mounted engine, air-cooled. It's a, it's a flat six, all-aluminum engine, and we've got a collector down in uh, down in Florida that has decided to bring a really great selection spanning really the whole gamut all the way from uh, 1960 all the way to the late 1960s with uh, four doors, two doors, uh, the van, station wagon, the little pickup truck, just a really great selection. In Mecham's 34-year history, we have never had a selection of Corvairs like we've had here. So hoping to maybe uh, help put the Corvair on the collector car map and it's going to be fun to see what this uh, collection of Corvairs go for. And interestingly, by coincidence, most of them are either turquoise or beige. Welcome to the 1960s. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting fact I read about Ralph Nader when I was looking uh, through that collection. Uh, not only did he not have an engineering degree, he didn't have a driver's license. <laughs> so he didn't need seatbelts. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he could just pop rivet himself right into the he, seat and go he, for it. He was not the person that I would have trusted on that. Well, is it, wasn't it taking on the Carmen Ghia? Didn't they call it the Carmen Yeehaw when it first came out? <laughs> it was the poor man's Porsche. There we go. It absolutely was. So what else is special at Orlando? What should we be keeping our eye on? And we need to ask uh, Mr. Stunkert about a couple of the cars oh, that are yes, going down there, do. too. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just paint kind of an overview, then we'll let Jeff talk about, 
Uh, actually, one card that's my favorite there. I want to get his reaction to it. But, you know, this is pretty typical, classic Mecham inventory, starting off on the early days with a lot of affordable entries, plenty of cars in the five to, let's say, $20,000 range. But then as we get to Friday and Saturday, the last couple of days, it really gets kicked into high gear. High-end muscle, lots of Corvettes, including resto mods, pickup trucks, and Broncos continue to be a huge part of the growth. So really expecting the usual kind of a wide gamut. But we've got a really cool 1969 Dodge Daytona mm. race car that uh, has been legendary in the Mopar world. And I'm really anxious to let our, our Mopar expert, Jeff Stunkard, uh, chime in on his thoughts of the historical significance of this car and what kind of interest he thinks it's going to get. Jeff, before you get started yeah. on this uh, Daytona, you are the Mopar expert. You're the expert's expert on these. How many books have you written about Mopars? I have written five books total on on historic racing, whether it's Mopar or drag racing, and I've written one book on railroading. So <laughs> if it has fire and smoke and makes noise, I'm into it. <laughs> I've got one of his books. It was one that was out of print too, and I was lucky to find it yeah. when we interviewed you on Road Muscle Radio. The guy, uh, the guy knows what he's talking about. So tell us about this Mopar that's going to cross a block in Orlando. Okay, well, this is kind of an interesting car. The car was owned by Marty Robbins, or actually driven by Marty Robbins, and basically he just had it for one event. He ran it at Charlotte in the fall of 1970. Had typical crazy Marty Robbins paint. It's purple and yellow. And uh, the thing was is that it was only a Daytona for that one event. Now, Ray Everham was the one who kind of spearheaded the work to get the restoration done, and it's very complete. I first saw this car. Uh, Tim Wellborn had an Aero reunion several years back. Uh, it made its debut there. We ran a feature in Mopar Action about it. But it's the first time it's been offered for sale since it was done. And it's, it's, it's very, very well in terms of the execution, in terms of the paint. I mean, every, everything looks right on it. So I think that, again, we're in Florida. Uh, it's, it's close to Daytona where it's hot NASCAR country. I think we'll find some buyers who really have some interest in that vehicle. Now, Jeff, uh, tell us really, especially for dudes like me, what's the difference between a Daytona and a Superbird? Because they look so similar, but there are definite differences uh, between the cars. Well, the honest answer to that question is the Daytona was a purist race car designed by the aero stylists, and the Superbird, because they had to make almost 2,000 of them, was actually more marketed from its ability to appear better to a street-oriented buyer. Uh, one of the Plymouth uh, managers uh, said toward the end, of the end of the 1970 model year that there were 500 people in the world who wanted a winged Mopar, and they'd all bought Daytonas. A lot of Superbirds sat into the 71 model season, and in fact, the, the, the district managers were driving them to turn them into used cars so they could be sold at discount. So oh that's the God. real big difference. Now, the Plymouth, of course is based on the Roadrunner body. It's got the 1970 Coronet sheet metal. The Charger design would not have fit on that car, but luckily the 70 Coronet had been streamlined to an extent for 1970 as they prepared for the 71 G-Series body releases. And as a result, the nose cone was able to be adapted to that without a huge amount of change compared to what the Daytona had, but they could not put the Charger front end on it. 
And the Daytonas, they were 500 of those were built, and the Superbird, it was 1,920 units. So, oh my gosh, that that's the real difference. That Does makes that help? That makes sense. What? Yeah, one was actually for racing, and the other one was for being a badass. Well, the, the Superbird, obviously, for racing was for for Richard Petty to get Richard Petty back in the fold, mm. and it really didn't matter how much that cost. So they agreed, Plymouth agreed to make it. AUKUS had met in April of 1969 and changed the rules from 500 units to one for every two dealerships, which is why the King Cobra disappeared. Ford never built it. And that was the end of the Aero Specials. That was it. The day the Superbird would be the last commitment a major manufacturer wow. made to a specialized NASCAR body. And now you can buy one at Meekum Auctions. Uh, that is so one. freaking awesome. Oh, <laughs> All right, John, I hit you with this on every sale. What is it you're watching? What is it you want in your garage from Orlando? Well, I'm going to be a little bit selfish. The car that I'm really going to be focused on is a car very similar to the one that I actually have in my own garage. We've got a 2020 C8 Corvette yes. coming to Orlando, selling it no reserve, by the way. And it happens to be the very last production 2020 C8 Corvette built, not the last C8 Corvette, Corvette built. As we know, they are still in production. But it is the documented bonafide last 2020 C8, and it's going to be really a lot of fun. It's, it happens to be a uh, Sebring Orange Convertible, by the way, uh, 3LT Z51, pretty well loaded up. Oh, wow. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, what that one does. I've recently taken delivery of my own personal C8 that I, it took me 16 months to get, that long of a wait from the factory, mm. and the car is everything that you heard it was and probably even a little bit more. But just overall, it's just going to be really a lot of fun, guys, to see if this if this continued obsession and high interest in collector cars continues as we move through, move through the summer. I think most of us probably feel in the business that there's no end in sight for uh, where these cars are going to go as they represent so much joy and happiness and completion for folks yeah. that are just tired of worrying about the virus and everything else that's going on right now, this is the perfect, these cars are the perfect escape to our happy place. And you know, this 2020 version is supposed to smell like Purell on the inside to kind of <laughs> commemorate the whole 2020 experience. So get it while you can. All right, Jeff, what's your pick? What would you take home from Orlando? Well, we've, we've got, I, I went through the, the list today. There's about 70 Chrysler's coming. There's a 35 Imperial that's an airflow design, Ooh. and there's a really nice 7383 Super B. But I would have to say it's lot uh, S1391. That is a 2021 drag pack. They have just come out. They only built 50. These are turnkey-ready NHRA legal race cars. And this will be the first one that I know of that's actually come up for general sale. So we'll see what happens. But I guess if I could if I could buy any one of them, that would be the one I'd want. Very cool. All right. Right after Orlando, you've got Monterey coming up, and that's coming up really quick. Every car person I know is excited to get back to California's Central Coast. We all missed it last year. Uh, you all will be, Meekum at Monterey will take place August 12th through the 14th at the Monterey Hyatt Regency Hotel and Spa. Are you expecting a surge in, in, in attendance after we had to take the year off last year? And who are you expecting? 
Yeah, this is going to be a real interesting dynamic. First of all, the Monterey auction is a little bit off the beaten path typically for Mecham, and that's a good thing. It really allows us to compete on the world stage uh, and with inventory in great quantities that we normally might not see. In fact, of the 14 auctions that we're going to do this year, Monterey will have the highest per car average of any of our auctions. Yeah. So keep that in mind as we're discussing it. As, as you said, last year we weren't there. And because it is an international event, we really are expecting to see less, at least on-site bidders. Uh, telephone and online bidding is at a very high level right now, as, as you would imagine. But the international buyers, we don't think are going to be on-site and present. But we think that's going to be beefed up with maybe, because of pent-up demand, more of the local and regional people that are going to come out to yep. the auction. That it's easy to travel to. They're used to the... Uh, mandates uh, there in California, which are fairly relaxed right now up in up on the Monterey Peninsula. Things could change by the time that we get there, but uh, relatively small as far as quantity. Uh, we're shooting for 600 cars. We're around 500 so far, still entering cars. But as I said earlier, the per car dollar average is going to be extreme. I mean, lots of Lamborghinis and Ferraris and pre-war classics, lots of multiple uh, million-dollar cars uh, are are headed that way. And of course, as always, Meekum.com bring everybody right up to date. Very easy to navigate and take a look at at uh, all the inventory for all of our auctions. Looking through the docket this afternoon, I saw that you've got a lot of Italian stuff, but you've also got some really significant Shelbys that are going to be there. And uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the feature cars you have? Yeah, there's, I really like to talk about two Shelbys in particular. Um, one is a 1967 uh, Shelby 427 SC, the semi-competition, the street version. Only 29 of those were built. That is a 2 to $3 million car. And then kind of the bookend to that is what is referred to as Daisy. Daisy was a 2004 Ford Shelby Cobra concept that was actually uh, done in cooperation with yeah. Carol Shelby and with Ford Motor Company, using a lot of Ford GT components, by the way, for a concept to uh, possibly put this car into production. It did not make it, and it's just kind of loosely referred to as the last Shelby Cobra. So really cool that we've got these two bookends representing that. And then on top of that, the Shelby Mustangs, they continue to be popular as well. We have GT350R, one of only 34 that were built that has the distinction of being the most winning and the fastest clocked Shelby GT350R Mustang. In 1968, it was clocked at, you ready for this, guys? 184 <laughs> miles per hour at wow. Daytona. It is referred to as the Magic Mustang. That is oh a fast God. little Mustang. That's a. <laughs> yep. and, and I'll step in on that. I talked to that guy, the owner, Charlie Kemp. He's the real deal. Uh, he actually finally parked that car because he he had a ride in a Lotus. He had a, and he had gone over to run Can-Am with a Lola with George Fulmer, and uh, that was why he finally retired that Mustang. So when I chatted with him, it turned out he had sold it just for a couple of years, had bought it back, and he's had it in his possession ever, th ever since. It has not raced since the 1970s, and it has just been – uh, highly rated at the Indianapolis Shelby Show, and it's, again, another car that has never been offered to the market generally uh, since it's been completely restored, and it's about as perfect as they come. 
And uh, 184 miles an hour in that thing, even Carol Shelby didn't believe it. But Charlie <laughs> Kemp went to Daytona and got them to actually say, yeah, we we recorded that car running 184 on the back straight here. So <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's a cool uh, peak. No thanks. <laughs> My buddy and I got his '65 Mustang up to about 90, and that was shaky pudding all the way down the road. Yeah. I'm betting that was a different well, kind of Mustang. You know, the big wing. I mean, that thing could uh, it could be interesting at speed. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Okay, same question for both you gentlemen as the last auction. What from Monterey would you take home if you had your choice? Well, I would take home. Lot number S68, that's a 2005 Celine S7 twin yes. turbo. Mm. I'm 800 miles on it, guys. One of only 14 built. Uh, 750 horsepower, by, by the way. The sound of those cars is magical, and the styling still looks futuristic and modern today. That one is a beautiful car. I love the color that's on that. Well, I've actually been doing some of the catalog work as the cars have come up and kind of putting together some of the information on. But I got to tell you, the fastest Shelby ever, the winningest Shelby ever, my Mopar guys might not be too happy with me. But if there was just one, that would be the one I'd take home. No argument here uh, on either of them. Guys, always a pleasure. Jeff, we're glad to get you over here on Driven Radio. John, glad to be able to corner you for a minute. I know how busy you are. Gentlemen, we really appreciate you taking the time. We've been speaking with John Craman, muscle car expert and consignment director for Mecham Auctions, and Mopar expert and author Jeff Stunkard. All the links for John, Jeff, and Mecham Auctions can be found at Read the Driven. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate the interest, guys. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt, yep. Mark Groves, Yoy. and Kenny Knutson. Yeah, sure you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio.